This podcast is brought to you by On Track Studio. Hi guys, it's just the producer Sophie here, chiming in to give a quick trigger warning for anyone who may be affected by discussions about eating disorders, as Lily does discuss her experience in this episode. Welcome to Don't Sweat It. On today's episode, I catch up with the bright, bubbly, and just a ray of sunshine Lily. Lil is a hypnotherapist, full-on liver of life, and has overcome some pretty big hurdles. Her struggles that she went through has gotten her to where she is today to be able to help men and women with their own issues, whether that be self-esteem, body image struggles, and so many more pressures we find ourselves facing growing up in this world. Today, we discuss all things how to unlock your true power by getting rid of your limiting beliefs, how to build confidence within yourself, and why exactly hypnotherapy is the next best thing. Now, all you girls and guys out there, I record these episodes to encourage you to listen to them on a morning walk or an Arvo beach stroll. I want to see your stories of you on your walks listening and uh, be sure to tag me so I can see them. Keep those steps up, my friends. If you want me to keep up these episodes and if you loved this app, then share it with a friend. Don't forget to like and subscribe or leave a review because that shit helps. Lil, thank you so much for coming in. How are you going? Good, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. My pleasure. I'm so excited to talk to you, but let's get into our fast five. Mm-hmm. Five fast questions that you just need to answer off the cuff. The mm. first one being, if you could have dinner with anyone, who would it be? That's such a tricky question because I, I feel like there's so many people that I look up to and would love to have dinner with. Yes. But I think probably, um, do you know Jamila Jamil? No, who is this? She's an actor, but she's a huge activist. She's really um, huge in like in the body positive movement. (gasps) I need to Instagram her. But she's smart. She's funny. Mm -hmm. She's kind of everything. She's an all rounder. Yeah, yeah. So I think absolutely her. All right. I'm going to search her. If anyone doesn't know who that is, please search her immediately. Number two is what's the best compliment a stranger has ever given you? I I think probably someone told me I had a really beautiful smile once. Sweet. And I feel like that's kind of the best compliment you can get. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I, I don't want to be complimented on, you know, how I look really yeah. in any other way. But yeah. A smile a says smile like a nice. thousand things about you, I it feel. It really does. It yeah. does. That's beautiful. Yeah. What would your younger self not believe about your life? I don't think she'd believe or I think she would hope um, – that I'd be helping people that are going through what she's going through. Mm-hmm. I think she'd be pretty, she'd be pretty stoked with that. That's special. Um, I just, this episode is just going to be so good. I'm so excited. <laughs> Number four is what's your favorite way to move your body? I, I like to run. I'm mm. not very good at it. I'm very slow. Um, it does not matter. That does not matter. And honestly, sometimes running for me is walking, but mm. it's, it's such a good time for me to sort of like 
just unwind, mm. listen to a podcast, mm. do like an audio book. That's probably why I run so slow. <laughs> yeah, you're just too busy focusing on everything I, else that's going on. People listen to like really upbeat tunes Music. that I'm like listening to. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how you do that actually. I need I, I need beats. It. Really? I love it. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Um, number five is would you rather cook or wash dishes? I'm really getting into my cooking. Mm. Yeah, so um, my boyfriend, he's actually really good cook mm. and he's kind of inspired me to like get a little bit more into cooking. So who does the dishes then? If you both are cooking or helping cook, do we you, is both, it? Probably me. Okay. Probably yeah. me. <laughs> <laughs> I, probably um, me. I must say, actually, sorry, I've got to jump in here about me. Um, I actually washed dishes last night, which was huge because I hate – if anyone's listened to the episodes before, I don't like washing dishes, but I did it and I felt good. Like you feel cleansed. Yeah. I feel like everything is better when the dishes are washed, the benches are wiped down. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Anyway, enough about me. Lil, tell me a little bit about yourself, who you are. Give me a rundown. Do you know what? I've done a few podcasts and this question is always the hardest. <laughs> I never know how to answer it. Like how, how much do you want? I yeah. could go on for days, for hours, but uh, days maybe. <laughs> but essentially I'm, I'm, a, I'm a hypnotherapist mm-hmm. and a rapid transformational therapist. So I work with women particularly, you know, some men, um, mm. but all to do with, you know, anxieties, confidence, self-esteem, eating disorders, all that fun stuff. Um, and yeah, I'm absolutely loving it. I started it about a year ago, uh, just coming on a year mm-hmm. and yeah, it's going really well. I'm so sick. I'm so excited to talk about the hypnotherapy kind of journey that you've been on. Yeah. Um, have you always been like active, happy, upbeat? Like, tell me a little bit about your background. Mm, no. Yeah. Cause God, you're the, no. you're the smiliest human and the like funnest human. Yeah. So I want to know a little bit about your like backstory. No, you know, even as a baby, I was an angry baby. (laughs) And like, I tell people that and they're like, what? (laughs) But yeah, literally my like nickname was Lily No, because if someone would come up to me, I'd be like, no, 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 no. (laughs) I know. But, and then sort of, I suppose growing up, I was never really, not super upbeat, not super, um, you know, chirpy and happy. I don't think at all. I think I always felt a little bit different, a little Mm. bit, I suppose, just not right within Mm. myself. So it's probably only in, you know, the last, you know, seven, seven years, I suppose, that I've actually really come into, come into my own and I suppose accessed a little bit of happiness. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Have you, was that like through high school that you kind of started finding, finding yourself or was it after high school? Probably after high school. Mm. Yeah, probably after high school. Mm. Yeah. So I, yeah, probably once I really started to learn more, educate myself more, mm. um, start, you know, learning about people, you know, that were really inspiring and reading more books. And I think after that, I was really able to sort of discover more about who I am. Mm. And and I suppose, you know, once you come to a level of acceptance within yourself, you, you can be happy. Mm. Yeah. Did you think you... Like, did you always have kind of a love for, I guess, hypnotherapy? Like, no. yeah, did you even know that existed growing no. up? No. Well, I mean, yes, but in the terms that probably everyone thinks. Thought. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So stage hypnosis, make them, you know, cluck like a chicken. Yeah. That kind of thing. <laughs> yes. Like, when hypnosis was brought into my life, like I was at a point where I was like, 
fuck it, I'll try anything. Are we allowed to swear? Yeah. Cool. Go. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Can I say that word? (laughs) Yes. Um, Okay, beautiful. Um, Yes, I was like, I'll try anything. So it wasn't something that I, you know, my eyes were open to at Mm. all. Um, I'm so grateful and so happy that, you know, I did, you know, get into it and and use it. But no, not at all. I I didn't know anyone that had, you know, been – through hypnotherapy or mm. anything mm. yeah so let's let's delve into it a little bit more mm. so how did you find out about firstly actually we need to discuss what is hypnotherapy tell mm. me mm-hmm. so hypnosis is in its sort of you know original form is getting someone into a super relaxed state where they're in that alpha brainwave where they're super relaxed and they're just um really suggestible. So they're so much more willing to take on the things that you say than they are just, you know, consciously. Uh, So that's hypnotherapy. But what I do with um, rapid transformational therapy is we do hypnosis, but that's really just to get you into that relaxed state Mm. so that we can then really effectively deal with issues. So hypnosis is kind of just like the vehicle to get us there. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we use, you know, psychotherapy techniques like CBT, NLP to really uh, challenge the beliefs, challenge the behaviours, upgrade the beliefs and behaviours. Oh, yeah. And then hypnosis comes into play again because that's where we can really, really rewire those neural pathways. Yeah. How – so you've been doing hypnotherapy for a year. Yeah, about that. Yeah. How long before that were you kind of interested in hypnotherapy Mm. And then tell me kind of how you fell into, okay, I want to make this a business. Yeah. So I think I I got into hypnotherapy at 18. Mm-hmm. And so I'm nearly 25. So that was when I was going through, you know, my eating disorder, which I'm sure we'll talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, what was the question? The question was how long? <laughs> We've only just started and she's forgetting the questions. How long um, before you actually made it a business did right. you kind of know yeah, this yeah, is something yeah. you wanted to do? Like how did it become your passion mm. due to your eating disorder? Yeah, exactly. So at mm. the time I was actually studying psychology. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that's probably the only th- way that I knew maybe you can help people down this way. Mm-hmm. So I was studying that, but that's not what was helping me. And so, you know, hypnotherapy was really helping me. It got me to a stage where I was, you know, so great within myself. And then I deferred uni, had a bit of like a quarter life crisis, mm-hmm. uh, went traveling, you know, moved, all those things, yeah, all yep. those things. I <laughs> uh, was traveling for like four or five months, moved back in with mum and dad, got a cafe job yep. for a year, you know, really took this roundabout way. And then I was like, hey, Maybe I need to study the thing that actually helped me. Mm-hmm. You know, I was going to open up a cafe. Like there was so many different, you know, things that I was going to do. I really don't know how it took me so long to get where I am, but I think that's just kind of like my journey. And, and that just it. makes me always think like that everything does kind of happen for mm-hmm. a reason. You were meant to defer uni, like working at a cafe you were meant to be doing. And then all of a sudden exactly. you kind of start to find that passion. That yeah. is so cool. So, um, I want to know, can you run me through like a typical session that you might run as a hypnotherapist? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So typically someone will come to me with, you know, an issue. So say it's, you know, uh, anxiety. Mm -hmm. So they'll come to me and before our session, you know, we'll have a a quick um, 
call mm-hmm. and I'll just really understand the issue and, you know, just go into it so that when you come into the session, we can just get straight into it. Uh, so I'll get them into hypnosis, which is really just a very relaxed state. Um, and then basically we go back to a few memories and a few things that have really uh, caused the issue because your subconscious mind, it just knows. You know, if I asked you right now, you know, where did your issue begin? You probably wouldn't know, but mm. in hypnosis, you're just really able to access your subconscious mind. So those things just come to you. And typically these things happen when we're so young, you know, we're children. So we really see them from an adult's brain. And then we use, you know, CBT, NLP to really sort of dissociate from those memories. Run me through what CBT and NLP is. Yeah, so cognitive behavioural therapy and neuro-linguistic programming. Uh, And basically they're just ways to really challenge beliefs and challenge behaviours and use language and visualisation in a a really effective way to... um, I suppose entirely change your perspective on the things that have affected you so much and also really dissociate from them. Mm. And the dissociating is a really important part because a lot of these things that have affected us, we carry them with us, you know, so deeply. They get heavy. They get heavy. Mm. And and some things, you know, we don't even know have affected us, but they are just lying in there dormant, mm-hmm. you know, ready to explode. Yes. So we really do need to go back to those memories. And, and it's like once you sort of, it's like, once you dissociate from those memories, it's like taking away the base of a structure. The rest of the issue just falls away, mm. you know, because it can't stand up without those. Um, and then there's, you know, some inner child stuff that we do and some really, you know, just transformative work that we do there. And then towards the end of the session, um, I create a recording for all of my clients. And that's a hypnotic recording that they then listen to for 21 days after our session. And that is really what makes all of those changes that we make in the session, permanent. And you said that before you kind of actually get talking about the issues in your session, you go through hypnosis. How Mm. do you get someone there? Mm. Like, is it the stage old, like, or Mm. age old, sorry, like hypnosis techniques? Is it Mm. like the bloody clock or the watch going from side to side or follow no. the yo-yo no okay no all right no, all right no so it's a process of um so one inducing eye fatigue mm-hmm. and two visualization so basically do you want me to actually run you through it what i what yeah I so I'd basically i hopefully I'd, i won't get hypnotized will i no, 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 no. Okay, no. So, but I'll just, I'll just, I'll just tell you what it looks like. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So basically, I get all my clients to look up all the way into their eyebrows. Mm-hmm. So they really strain their eyes up, and then from there, I take them through three big deep breaths in and out. And on the third exhale, as they're exhaling, they close their eyes down at the same time, but they close them down with a little bit of a flutter. And Mm -hmm. that's what really starts to activate and emulate that REM state. So that rapid eye movement. And then from there, basically, then it's visualization. So I get them to drop their chin just a fraction. So they get that real looking down sensation. And then I get them to visualize a staircase of 10 stairs. And I walk them down each stair and they really visualize it. So seeing, feeling, hearing their feet. As they're going down each step, they're going deeper and deeper into hypnosis which is really just relaxation. Are they laying down? Uh, so if you're in my office, you we've got like a really beautiful like recliner chair. Stunning. Super comfy. Mm. But on Zoom, you can just do it from your bed. Mm-hmm. So yeah, lie down, get comfy, you know, whatever, whatever is comfiest for you. That is incredible. Mm. I don't know if anyone else did the um, 
eyes up to the brows but I can imagine your eyes becoming quite tired quite quickly right yeah 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 you know when you're super tired and then your eyes just start to sort of like droop yeah and droop and droop that's kind of like the feeling we're trying to activate that is incredible so you touched on like some um specialties that you like to specialize in Mm. I mean I'm sure there's such a broad range for hypnotherapists to cover so what areas do you normally specialize in yeah so probably the things that I, I specialize in our anxieties, you know, of any kind, um, from panic disorder to just generalized anxiety. Uh, body image stuff is huge. Mm-hmm. Uh, eating disorders, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's, you know, from bulimia to binge eating, you know, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, confidence, self-esteem, motivation, um, you know, they're really exciting ones. But then sometimes, you know, random ones will come in. Mm. Like I worked with, you know, a boy for his footy confidence, you know, so it's cool. Yeah. So it's, it's do you cool. find that it's female dominant? Yes. But there is males. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. Which I find so cool because I definitely do market to women. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm, you know, I'm very guilty of that, but yeah. I think, you know, women just, I suppose they see me and them and, you know, yeah. we get along really yeah. well, but I've actually had a few, few male clients, which has been so, so nice, you know, and really refreshing for me to sort of, you know, see their point of view as well. I guess I'm very women biased. Yeah, I know. Well, it is uh, male mental health week this week, is it? I believe. So, um, that's a, that's really cool. I love that men are feeling a little bit more, you know, confident to be able to come and talk to someone if they do need someone to talk to, you know, do you feel like, how do you not become the psychologist part of that Mm. or you do what do you mean um when you're talking to someone in their session Mm. do you find that you kind of dip into a bit of psychology Mm. or you kind of just try and stay on track with what you guys like what you're I really try and you know stay on track and it's Mm. really you know I'm asking all the questions and I'm you know pointing them in the right direction but they really get there on their own Mm -hmm. you know so I get them to you know make all the connections themselves because once you yourself bring about that awareness you know it's so much more effective than someone just telling you this is what's going on here so I, I probably try and you know steer away from you know telling people you know what what's going on and really I suppose facilitating you know their own connections and awareness Mm. yeah definitely Mm. that's really special well I want to um I want to jump into anxiety Mm. as someone who has experienced anxiety in the past and I know so many other women and men experience it Mm. like how exactly will would hypnotherapy be good for that Mm. yeah it's it's amazing in a few ways Mm. um so it depends what kind of you know anxiety that you are experiencing but typically it does all begin from somewhere Mm -hmm. you know people aren't born Born with anxiety anxiety. you know it's developed and it's it's you know learned behavior and it's learned you know thought patterns so really figuring out where that began can be hugely eye-opening uh for some people and then also in terms of just you know hypnosis for it to rewire those neural pathways to one think differently and to be able to have you know uh really incredible coping skills when you know perhaps panic comes on um, that's, it's, yeah, so effective. Absolutely. Where is a good place to start for someone who is dealing with anxiety? Mm. Give, give some people some tips that like is going to help mm-hmm. them with their anxiety. Yeah. Probably, uh, the biggest tip that I could give anyone with anxiety is meditation 
And I know that everyone recommends that mm-hmm. and people are probably sick of it, but they well, recommend obviously people it are saying it. Works. it. Mm. Yeah, it's it's amazing. And you know, I started out with meditation mm-hmm. and I found it so hard. You know, I was in college and everyone around me was partying. Yes. And I would have to lock myself in my dorm room and try and bloody meditate. Like it was the worst. Jeez, that's yeah. hard. It was yeah, it sucked. <laughs> but I persisted mm-hmm. and, you know, eventually, you know, probably started with 30 seconds and then I got up to, you know, 10 minutes, 20 mm-hmm. minutes, you know. But that's the biggest thing to really um, just, I suppose, find those moments in between, uh, you know, anxious thoughts and response mm-hmm. to have, you know, a little bit of clarity in there. That's, you know, what meditation is so amazing for. Um, and you'll notice results immediately in the sense that you'll just feel relaxed. but. Mm-hmm. Over time, those moments just really do start to pop up in your life more where you're able to gain clarity and have a little bit of peace in times where, you know, previously anxiousness would have been um, would have been there. And then also, you know, gratitude's a big thing. You know, with, in, you know, with um, anxiety, you know, that's fear. Mm. It's fear of the future and fear of, you know, what's going to happen. But yes. when, yeah, when you change your focus to, you know, all the positive things that have happened, you know, fear and, and gratitude can't exist simultaneously. So we do really need to, you know, focus on all the things that we are really grateful for. So that's a that's another really big thing I would say. That is so important because like, again, for someone who struggles, my anxieties normally are predicting the future. That's mm-hmm. like my number one problem is I'm like oh I already know what's going to happen yeah you know it's just going to go either miserably or whatever something mm-hmm. something pops up worst and so scenario. it's worst case scenario 100 yeah. percent. and I yeah. know so many other people do the exact oh, same thing yeah, yeah. yeah exactly so um learning to meditate is absolutely on my on my list to do mm-hmm. that's on my to-do list and it should be for everyone listening even just five minutes literally 30 seconds mm-hmm. start with 30 seconds you know, someone once told me, you know, do it every day, no matter what. And that can seem really daunting, mm. but no matter what can mean 10 seconds. Yeah. Just start building that habit. Yes. Uh, I love this. What happens with, um, like when, can you break down, I guess, anxiety and what, do you know what happens to our body and to our brains and what's going on? Mm. So you're in your sympathetic nervous system when you're, um, you know, panicked and, and, you know, feeling fearful and worrisome. And then when you're relaxed, you're in your parasympathetic, your rest and digest. And so I believe it's something going on with your amygdala mm-hmm. and, and the, you know, the, um, the pathways that are going, you know, to your brain and to your body. But really what's happening is, you know, we needed anxiety at, at one point. In, exactly. You know, I think back in the day, yeah, Tony <laughs> Robbins, I think he says, you know, we have a 200 year old brain or whatever it is, you know, 2000 years probably, mm. right? Um, year old brain that's, you know, used to us being, you know, fearful of tigers and fearful of, you know, predators and everything. Mm. And now that we don't have that because we're incredibly lucky, um, you know, our fears are now what's going to happen in the future. How do I look? You know, what does this person think of me? Mm-hmm. You know, so that's really what's going on is that our fear just, you know, it, it needs to be there for something. So it's just changed the focus. Mm. So it's, it's something that we do need a little bit of, but to the extent that we have, it's unnecessary. Yeah. Do you find that it's more common now than ever? Like, is it more prevalent to you? Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. Why? Why do you think that's the case? (sighs) 
I think I think it, it it's it's always existed in terms of um, you know people were just never really talking about it. So we are we do live in a much more open society, which mm. I'm super grateful for, and people are being so much more vulnerable with how they feel. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think I really believe social media. I agree. Yeah, with anxiety, how can you not? Social pressure. Yeah. How mm-hmm. can you not, you know, feel anxious when you see people on Instagram living a life that you deem to be better than yours? Mm-hmm. How can that not make you anxious? So I think probably social media and, um, yeah, just being so much more privy to the lives of others, I think. I had a really mind-blowing moment. Like when I was in school, I think I was maybe grade 10, I had a really like mind-blowing moment. There was this couple that I kind of knew but they were still like in my town where I was living but mm. mainly on social media I would just follow, right? And, yeah. um, you know, they'd be posting stories and and photos and videos about like how much they loved each other and like I was just mm-hmm. like, oh, my God, like showing this amazing picture-perfect relationship, right? And I was just like, what – how like how do I get myself one of these yeah. like it's like I just couldn't believe it was honestly like a movie basically mm-hmm. and then they broke up yeah and then I had run into her like I don't know at a party or something and I kind of just asked like you know what what was going on is like what happened yeah. it was this amazing picture you know picture perfect story and then she kind of just explained that like basically you know maybe two or three months into their relationship it started to be real shit you know and it was all on social media it was all a really big act and I was like at that point I was like holy I know now that people can put on this facade online be miserable be fighting Mm -hmm. with their partner whatever it is and I just couldn't I then from there have always tried to keep my wits about me, especially like scrolling social media because I'm like, man, not everything is what it seems. And I'm so glad that I had that, that mind blowing moment where I was like that realization that not everything is perfect. That is put online. Like we're displayed to be, we put up on social media, whatever we want. Normally we don't ever put the hard things up. Right. It's like, you, very rarely it's becoming more and more open but even then people still have things that they don't want to share and mm-hmm. that's totally okay but yeah it's hard like it's just amazes me yeah that people still you know well people feel these social pressures because mm-hmm. of social media and I just yeah it's huge it's it's huge but the, and then there's the thing like well what am I meant to be putting on social media am I meant to be putting myself breaking down am exactly I there's yeah. it's a fine line really isn't there because yeah you want to be putting your highlights yeah you don't you don't want to be putting mm. your lowest times because yeah. in those times you don't nearly want to look at your phone anyway yeah yeah so yeah I, I think you know if you can't have if you can't have a super positive influence you know through social media just try your best to not have a really negative one mm-hmm. is, is kind of how I will you know, go about it like yeah, I love a, that. a do no harm kind of approach, you know, mm. don't make anyone feel badly about themselves mm. if, if you can. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think that's really important. And I think to anyone listening who has these people on Instagram that they're like, you, you just don't make me feel good about myself. Follow them. Go. They're Unfollow gone. Them. They're dead. And it's so important to have people, you know, on social media that inspire you like absolutely it's so important it's you know I find it a really incredibly useful tool to have you know my um 
an example, you know, my skin's been breaking out lately because I've gone off the pill. And so I just started, you know, following all these skin positive people and they are amazing and it makes me feel so great. You know, I really find that that helps me and it inspires me. So yeah, there's so much education. Yeah. Yeah. It can be used so, so well, Mm -hmm. but it's, it's so harmful for a lot of people. Yeah, it is. And Mm. I want to kind of go into that self-image and self-confidence route. Mm. Do you find that you get a lot of people having self-image issues due to social media? Do they talk about Mm, that? Yeah. Where does does Mm. people's self-image come from? Yeah, it's It's a different school. School, really. Mm. I mean, that's, you know, where we're so impressionable. That's our most impressionable ages school you know and we're surrounded by people that you know we compare ourselves mm-hmm. to and kids are pretty mean mm-hmm. you know they absolutely say some really horrible hell shit. yeah and so you know the things that come up in in sessions with with clients around you know school and what people say to them and that person didn't mean it in that way or they didn't know what they were saying but they don't even know no, but they, they heard no it from idea. someone else exactly yeah. yeah exactly and they've you know internalized that and then they're saying that again and so people attach meaning to that and they take that with them literally through their entire lives. I have clients, you know, in their, in their 40s and 50s. That and are they're, still, they're still holding on to that school yep. stuff because it's, it's a time where our brains and our minds are so bloody impressionable and we just, you know, we attach meaning to it, you know. So it doesn't have to be super traumatic events really mm-hmm. that happen to us that affect us. Yep. A lot of the time it is. But it could be as small as someone saying something to you one time when you're a kid. That you held on to. Yeah, and you take that as, you know, that's that's who I am. You know, you identify with it. Absolutely, because I find that my, you know, nine times out of ten, my clients, um, I get them new clients, I get them to write down three big goals that they mm. really want to achieve with me. Mm-hmm. And nearly every time um, one of those goals is to help build confidence. Mm-hmm. And I think so often we have, I don't know, we think of ourselves with, like lower confidence and I think as well don't tell me if you agree about this but um having confidence used to be like seen as a bit of a egotistical thing yeah like having yourself exactly up yourself Mm. she's up herself Mm -hmm. because she's confident and Mm. I'm like where are people like where is this coming from yeah yeah and that's so not true you know confidence is just not comparing yourself to anyone else exactly and and be and loving you yeah loving you and also just accepting you. There's so much confidence and, you know, self-love that comes from just acceptance, you know, even on your days where you, you looking like shit. Cause mm-hmm. we all have those days where we Absolutely. just look like shit and that's fine, but you still accept yourself on those days and you know, you know, meaner or kinder to yourself on those days than you are on the days where you're looking amazing mm-hmm. because we all have those days too. Oh, what are some of your best tips to help build self-confidence. Mm. Uh, self-talk's huge. You know, so many of us tell, you know, ourselves so many horrible things that you would never say to a friend, a sibling, a stranger, you would never say, but you say it to yourself. Mm-hmm. And so self-talk is huge because our minds, they're like a sponge. They take on everything that they, that we say and they learn by repetition. Mm-hmm. So self-talk, you know, looking at yourself in the mirror, mirror affirmations and, you know, saying... I am enough, you know, I am good enough, I'm lovable enough, I'm worthy enough, you know, or even just saying I'm confident, Mm -hmm. you know, before you're out 
go out the door, say, I'm fucking confident today. Mm-hmm. You know, just say it and you do become it. And the more and more you say it, you know, it just becomes your reality. So self-talk is is huge. Um, yeah, gratitude is also huge. You know, a, a lot of, um, you know, our, our lack of self-belief and lack of, you know, I, so, I suppose self-worth comes from just, you know, living in a state of scarcity mm-hmm. and thinking that we don't have enough, we're not enough, we're not this, we're not that. But when you really, you know, look at all the things that you're grateful for, it changes that perspective entirely and also things that you're really proud of yourself for. Mm. You know, taking the time to be like, hey, I'm really proud of myself for yes. this. Yeah, because often we we don't do that, no. you know. We're, we're so focused on the things that we're not doing well enough or – yeah, how can I be enough. better? Yeah, how yeah. can I be better? But taking the time to really focus on, you know, what you're doing great um, is is huge. And it's all about just changing the focus, changing the focus from the negative to the positive. That's know? something I definitely do mm. more times than not is like focus on the next thing or, yeah, how can, yeah. How can it be better? How can my business yeah. be better? How can I be better? How can my relationship be better? Whatever. Well, that's our society, mm. you know. That's what we're – we're told to do Mm. you know don't stop keep going hustling you know there's so much you know uh toxic um messages that people are being sent about hustling and so much toxic positivity too you know Mm, tell me about this yeah what is toxic positivity oh my gosh you know those people (laughs) that just show up and they're like oh you know life's great you know Mm. silver linings blah 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 like over the top whereas mm. it's sometimes it's okay to be like this was a bit shit yeah it you sucks know? <laughs> yeah. that sucks I still love and accept myself and I'm still worthy <laughs> but that was a bit shit you know instead of just always being so positive trying to be up and it just makes people feel bad about themselves mm-hmm. like you know? why can't I be like again that yeah. comparison yeah exactly and you need the hard times to mm. you know to appreciate the good if you're just getting good all the time mm. you know mm. you become numb to it and desensitized you know I think the hard times are, you know, the most important times of our lives. That's where we grow. And so toxic positivity is exactly that. It's so toxic. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And I think like speaking of hard times, you've obviously, like we just touched on before, we kind of spoke about your hard time. Mm. Talk about your hard time if as much or as little as you want. Yeah. Um, and kind of talk to me about how you managed to get mm. to where you are now. Mm-hmm. So I, yeah, I had um, eating disorder, pretty severe um, anorexia. How old were you? Well, so I sort of dipped in and out of it, um, you know, just tested the waters with it for, for a few <laughs> years. <laughs> um, so probably it started when I was a teenager, um, maybe 16 or so, 15, 16, maybe even earlier, mm-hmm. um, and got very, very bad when I was 18. Yeah, so yeah, quite severe, I mean, when we talk about eating disorders, we shouldn't talk about severe and not severe really. Mm -hmm. Mm. Um, But yeah, it was bad. Um, And, you know, I was seeing psychologists. Do you know what, do you have what kind of started it? And it's a big control thing for me, Uh a big control thing Mm -hmm. for me. So I, um, I actually have obsessive compulsive disorder, Mm -hmm. which um, isn't really something that I've actually ever spoken about Mm. with, um, you know, my audience or anyone. Um, So, well, thank you for oh, sharing. My pleasure. Um, you know, it's to a much lesser degree now than it mm. ever was, but it manifested into an eating disorder. Mm. Uh, so it's a big control thing, huge control mm. thing, um, big obsession thing. So really sort of figuring out what the go was with that 
and figuring out, you know, why I was having these thoughts, why I was having these feelings that they're not actually, you know, me wanting to be skinny, they're Mm. not me wanting to be thin and look a certain way, they're me needing to control what's going on, uh, which is a big thing for a lot of people with eating disorders. Mm -hmm. Um, So figuring out that was huge. That was huge. And um, yeah, hypnotherapy is what did that for me. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I saw, you know, psychologists for years. I think I went through like three or four psychologists and, you know, they were great, but I never really got to the core of it. You know, they just sort of more treated the symptoms Mm. rather than the, um, rather than the core of it. Mm. So yeah, probably that was when I was about 18, I Mm. think. Yeah. And you're how old now? Twenty-four. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So what a journey like yeah. you've been on. Mm, huge. Do you think that I guess looking back that you could have imagined no. like how happy and positive and just loving of yourself and who you actually are? Mm-mm. Couldn't imagine. Hell no. Mm-mm. I oh yes and no actually. Mm. Because I always had this thing within me going through my eating disorder where I was like I'm going to use this one day. I'm going to use it to help people. Mm -hmm. So I did have that within me, but there was a bit in my mind where I was like, I don't see a way out of Mm -hmm. this. You know, this sucks. I don't see a way out of this. And I can hand on heart say, like I am fully recovered, Mm -hmm. you know, and I never thought that would happen. So it's, yeah, it's pretty amazing. And I did always have that guiding light. Like I am going to, I'm going to help people one day with this. Yeah, which is definitely what I think you need purpose when you're going through something. You need a purpose to strive for and you need Mm -hmm. that sort of like North Star to guide you. And I think probably for me that's what that was. Oh, and like that just gives me goosebumps. It's so amazing to see, you know, when we are struggling, we do normally only see those, you know, we just feel that struggle. Like we just Mm. feel that struggle so much and I just feel, we just feel like we can never well, I know struggles that I've had before. I'm like, sometimes I'm like, I just can't see myself getting out of this. Like mm. I can't see myself being happy again. Yeah. And yep. yeah. you do eventually with yeah. time and with healing, you can become happy again. Yeah. Yeah. It's always, it's available to everyone. You just got to really, really want it. And you need people to look up to, you know, if you can, you know, if you can see it, you can be it. You know, I, I would look up to, you know, so many inspirational women in my life who were so comfortable and happy within their bodies and it inspired me so much. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think as as women we also have, you know, a responsibility to younger women to, you know, to show them, you know, that they have so much more than their body. Oh, you know, yeah. That they are, oh, my gosh, they are the sum of, you know, all of their parts. You know, there's so many incredible things about them that don't even touch on their body, you know. Exactly. So I think... I take that responsibility quite seriously mm-hmm. um, and it means a lot to me that, you know, other women would would uh, look up to me in that way. Yeah, and that's, yeah. you know, they come to you because they're like, you know, I want – they obviously look up to you enough to be like, I need your help yeah. to be able to get through this or, yeah. you know, yeah. get some – gain some confidence. And self-image is – or body image is something that – it's now becoming – definitely more spoken about don't you mm. think Bo- oh, body definitely. positivity mm. huge like 10 years ago this was not body positivity was not around mm. no not at all i don't i don't think so you know i didn't i didn't see it anywhere well we think about like say victoria secret models or like supermodels like this star exactly <laughs> i know i know we just think like yeah now even you know Australian Fashion Week, I don't know if you looked or you watched like this year, they still just like aren't 100% there. I heard stuff about it. I didn't see it. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. there was like 
or they'll have like a token person. Exactly. Like, we're diverse. Yeah, yeah. We're so diverse. Exactly. We're so like, inclusive. Our, we're inclusive. <laughs> our business like believes in inclusivity, yeah. but they've got one person, one person. in a size, you know, yeah. oversized 12. Yeah. Yeah. And it's bullshit. It is. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely it makes bullshit. Makes me so mad. Well, because we are um, like launching an activewear label. So exciting. It's so exciting. Yeah. And I guess you think about all these things because for me, my passion like is to help people be healthy. It's yes. healthy. Yes. Yeah. I don't care what you look like. Mm-hmm. I care if you're healthy and well. Mm-hmm. And so I find that like so even important. so important. I just look at people or other say like other businesses, other labels or activewear or even just fashion labels. Mm-hmm. I'm like, mm, you don't have that same kind of passion for. No. no. And I'm so interested by that as well. Like, with the fitness industry, you know, it took me so long to get to a place where I am literally working out for my mental health and Absolutely. for my mental state. Like yep. that's a hundred percent my why goal. you move. Yeah. yeah. But I'm so interested with, you know, how you sort of navigate that. Whereas, cause a lot of people come at fitness purely for, you know, mm-hmm. aesthetics. So it must be sort of, I mean, um, you're doing a great job of it, obviously. Mm. No, what I normally hard. say, it is so hard. Mm. What I normally say to my clients is it's okay to have an aesthetic um, goal as such. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, I would never let someone come to me and say, hey, here's a photo of someone I want to look mm. like. But they might say, hey, I want to feel or I want to fit into uh, – I'm a size 12 now and I want to yeah. fit into a size 10. Yeah. Okay. Like that is reasonably aesthetic. You yeah. know, you want to look – again, you want to look in the mirror and you want to go, I worked really hard for this. Yeah. But also the thing that like I really glue into my clients is that no matter – what size you are and no matter if you have an eight pack or not like mm-hmm. are you happy yeah are you happy within yourself yeah are you happy with the way or the journey that you've just had mm. like no as a six pack an eight pack whatever muscles on your arms whatever it is is not going to bring you true true happiness no it never will it never yeah. will and yeah. like I've been there yeah. where I've tried so hard to be as fit mm. and as as lean or as athletic as I possibly can and you know, I look back and I'm like, I probably cried every day like, yeah. to get to that point. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, this yeah. isn't, it's not, mm. Yeah, it's not worth it for me. No, exactly. So yeah, that's what I try and preach to my clients yeah. is to make sure that you are just happy. If you yeah. can maintain this, if you can sustain moving your body because you want to do it for your mental health. And I love mm. that. Yeah. And yeah. that's all that like, I think anyone ever wants is yeah. to just be truly happy, right? Just to be happy. Yeah. And that's such an amazing thing. You know, I, I wish I had someone like you when I was growing up mm. because There's I not- would work out, oh my gosh, to the bone, you know, until Absolutely. I, you know, would, you know, nearly faint kind of thing, you know, and now where I am in a place where I exercise purely because like, I just love the way it makes my mind feel. Exa- me too. Yeah, and I find that hard. Like I, I never really put up stories of me, you know, working out or anything like that because I I don't want people to misread it or to think anything differently yes. or to get to have a negative response to it. Like, mm-hmm. oh, if she's working out, maybe I need to, that exactly. kind of thing. And so I still find that really tricky to, I suppose, talk about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. I think, that, again, that, that comparison kind of comes back into it. Well, you know, we always see if I train like her, then I, I will get the body like mm, her. Mm-hmm. But it's like, well, unfortunately, our bone structure and our completely whole different. anatomy yes. is completely different. Yep. I just mm-hmm. remember thinking like when I was younger, um, 
I've never been one to weigh myself, so I'm very lucky there that mm, like my awesome. mom never weighed herself. Like it was just kind of a generational thing that yeah. we just never did. Yeah. But I remember in school feeling this pressure mm-hmm. of having to train every day. I remember so much um, that I used to have a whiteboard that I used to write down everything that I would be going to eat yeah. on the day. Yeah. Uh, you know, it'd be like five almonds, <laughs> one, you know, like one cracker or something. And I just found yeah. – like I look back and I'm just like, wow, I was so influenced by like, mm. okay, I remember Mean Girls. Do you remember, you remember the yeah, movie yeah, Mean yeah, Girls? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just like look back at that movie and I'm like, mind blown. Mm-hmm. I used to think they those girls were so cool. Yeah. yeah why was this growing up something that we, uh, yeah, like why know. was it in our faces? Yeah. Three mean girls or four mean girls mm-hmm. bullying, mm-hmm. bitching about each other. Yeah. Like – I remember shaving my legs every day because I wanted to be Lindsay Lohan because she had this like silkiest, <laughs> smoothest legs. Yes. And I'm like, man, we're Just so easily little influenced. things that your mind takes on. Hey, something is, you know, little as that. Whereas I guess we are really lucky to have social media now that we have like a wider variety of people to yes. look at, you know, to, to inspire us, you yeah. know. Definitely. And people are breaking those social norms. Yeah, mm. I love it. I mm. love it. It's so inspiring. So it's, there's definitely good and bad. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and we do have to take the the bad with the good as well. Yeah, exactly. You know, and and to be in charge of it, you know, you're in charge of who you follow. Exactly. You know, huge key point. Yeah. You decide who you do follow. Do a cull. You know, do a, I always recommend do a cull of your Instagram. Follow anyone that makes you feel like shit. Unfollow anyone that makes you feel like shit. There you go. There's your homework for this week. Yes. Lil's just giving you homework. You need to unfollow anyone that makes you feel like shit or and makes out you clothes second. that make you feel like shit too. Oh yes. All right. That's gone. Done. Um, okay. Next, I really want to talk about limiting beliefs because I know this is something that you practice all I the love time. Them. Mm. Tell me exactly what a limiting belief actually is. Mm. It's something that we think we cannot do. You know, it's 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 something that it's a belief that's within us from, you know, probably childhood mm-hmm. uh, that, you know, certain things aren't available to us, that we're not good enough, that we can't do that, that we'll never be able to do that, never be able to achieve, um, never be successful. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they can range from really small things to really big things, but ultimately they're things that, yeah, we feel aren't available to us and that will never sort of, you know, be in our lives. How do we recognise that we might have a limiting belief stopping us? Mm. So I think definitely, you know, um, you know, if you're not going for something, you're not going for a job or you're not, you know, motivated to do something, um, if, you know, if you're, I suppose, you know, experiencing any kind of issue, mm. we really need to think about and unpack it and think, you know, why? Mm. Why is this showing up in my life? You know, what's the belief behind there? Because that are always beliefs behind, you know, uh, the issues that are showing up in our life. So I suppose taking time to reflect on it and unpacking it, you know, you can do that yourself, um, is something that's really necessary. And once you get to the core of it, um, you know, we often, um, it's often, you know, just manifesting in kind of a weird way. Mm, I'm reading. I love that. Yeah. I'm I reading love manifestation. Book. Oh my God, me too. Mm. I'm reading a book at the moment and he talks about this too um, where, you know, a way that um, he discovers, you know, limiting beliefs is he just kind of like meditates on it and he asks what's really going on here, you know, and the thing that comes up is never really what you think uh, it's going to be. Mm. But, yeah, limiting beliefs really are anything that's stopping us from, you know, stepping into our potential. Give me an example of something that 
like give me an example of someone's come to you mm. they've got a limiting belief how mm. do you help them break that down mm-hmm. and then how do you help them step into their full potential or for girls mm. who you know want that yeah without you know maybe coming to you like how yeah. does that happen yeah so well the way that I would facilitate mm-hmm. them with that is you know we'd get them into hypnosis and really ask their subconscious mind where did this begin? Why do you why do you have this belief? And it'll take them back to memories from their childhood typically that, you know, caused it um, and where the belief is, you know, installed. And then we really just like, we so we associate into them and then we dissociate and look at it objectively. And we say, okay, what's really going on here? Mm. You know, why was this belief formed? And once they, you know, get that awareness about it, they're like, oh shit, I don't need that. Mm. You know, it's just that, you know, when we're younger, we don't have critical thinking. And so we can look back at it with, you know, critical thinking and we can analyse it a bit and we can dissociate from it. Um, so that's something that's really, you know, easy to do with with someone to help you to do that. Um, but when you're doing it on your own, I suppose just, you know, journal about it. Ask yourself questions. Why am I feeling this way? And, you know, your mind knows, you know, your heart knows um, what's really going on there. Um, you just need to take the time to sort of really reflect on it. Mm. Yeah. Um. With limiting beliefs, I found like is limiting beliefs different from like fear of mm. stepping into something else? Like, do you know mm. what I mean? The limiting beliefs cause the fear. Okay, yeah, mm. yeah. Typically, that's that's you know what happens because I see what you mean. Yeah. So you're saying when you're fearful that let's say you're going to fail, mm. it's because a limiting belief is yeah, over so here saying, well, the fear of um, so you know. I'm going to fail. Well, what happens, you know, if I fail, uh, people will think badly about me. Uh-huh. Who will think badly about me? Oh, my parents. You know, oh, you know, why do you need to please your parents? Oh, because I always felt like I needed to do that growing up. So it always goes back to something else. Yeah, so limiting beliefs definitely definitely cause the fear. They're the kind of, you know, they're the controllers. Mm. They're, they're, you know, they're directing everything. What, how do you overcome a limiting belief like how do you just kick it on the curb by because mm. mm-hmm. I want to move forward mm. yeah that's well recognizing it awareness uh-huh. is a huge thing you know just know recognizing that you're doing that it. it's there yeah yeah and so you can pick up on yourself doing it in everyday life and then that just takes that motivation to be like no I'm doing this anyways because your mind loves the familiar our mind and bodies love the familiar and so you know if if it's familiar for us to not go for something or to not do that mm. it's so much more comfortable for us to just not but you've got to make the uncomfortable comfortable the unfamiliar familiar so you know doing it anyway you know that's huge um, and that's hard to do on your own to find that confidence and that you know drive to do that and so that's why hypnosis is so great because mm. we do rewire the neural pathways to think like that yeah um but yeah just you know I suppose just you know doing it anyway but awareness is huge yeah, becoming aware of your limiting beliefs is is a, a really great means for change. What an awesome, awesome way of explaining limiting beliefs. I'm obsessed with that. <laughs> okay, now let's move into some sweaty crew cues. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. The first one is how many sessions of hypnotherapy would someone usually need? Mm, so I typically say for, um, you know, a certain issue, one to three sessions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... A lot of people only need one mm. um, because it's it's such an effective and, and quick way to do it. Wow. To figure out those limiting beliefs. It's yeah, it's super effective. 
but some people need, you know, more or some people just want more because they mm-hmm. love it so much. So Yeah, so yeah. if you normally attack like a certain issue, let's say one to three sessions, mm. then is there normally other issues that like the same person has? Like and then they're like, yeah. hey, can we talk about this sort of thing? Yeah, yeah. totally. Okay. Once yeah. they see that it works for something, they're like, yes. oh, my God, sort everything out <laughs> Sort for me. me out. Sort me out. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, one to three, but, you know, typically people come back for more. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that definitely happening. Yeah. <laughs> um. The next question is from someone who has asked, I'm thinking about taking the leap of faith to quit my job and start my own business, but I'm too scared. Help me. Mm. Okay. So we'd really need to unpack what that fear is about. Mm-hmm. You know, what, why, you know, is it that fear of failure? Mm. Well, failure is only information. Fail, failure is only feedback. So once we really change the perspective on what's going on there and what that fear is, um, can we just say, fuck it, I'm going to do it anyways. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I would definitely unpack why that fear is there. And I would say, go for it. You know, if, if, if you have a calling to do that, just do it. Were you ever fearful, like starting your business? Yes. I'm fearful every day. Yeah. <laughs> like literally, it's literally. so funny because you don't, no one really talks about it. No. Do they? Like no. business owners don't really talk about this no. where, you know, I guess it's like, am I ever going to have a client yes. again? Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> when, when's the next client coming? <laughs> I know. I've, I feel, I feel the same way. Yeah. How do you, oh. like prime example, yeah, mm-hmm. how do you get through that every day. It's hard. I, I'm really lucky that I have, you know, some amazing people around me Mm -hmm. that really support me and uplift me. Um, and I can, I can really be vulnerable with them and say, this is how I'm feeling. And they'll say, you're stupid. You're doing really well. Yeah. Um, which really helps me. Yes. Supportive people is it's absolutely key. Yeah. And I think, I really think if you believe in what you're doing, you're passionate about it and you, you know, you live in alignment with what you are doing. Mm Mm-hmm you are going to do well. Absolutely. You're going to do well and you're going to feel good about it. And to also, someone told me one time, a mentor of mine said, I think maybe it was early on and I had, I had like one client in a week and I was stressful about, I was stressed about that. Yeah. And she was like, well, I think this week is telling you something. Maybe there's other things that you need to focus on in this week. Maybe you need to do some admin that you haven't Mm -hmm. done. Maybe you need to check in with yourself and really take care of yourself this week. So use it as, you know, don't just, you know, sit around doing nothing. Use that time mm-hmm. and, you know, that will make you even better and even more prepared for when, you know, the clients do come in. What a great way of looking at it, mm. you know, instead of going, well, like either poor me, I've yeah. only got one client, yeah. I'm just going to sit here mm-hmm. twiddling, twiddling my thumbs, mm-hmm. rather, okay, what else do I need to do yeah. this week? Yep. Why did I have not many clients this week? Because mm, exactly. that's actually a gorgeous way of looking at that. I'm going to mm. take that on board. Mm. So thank you for that tip. Oh, no, no bloody worries. Um, the next question is, does everyone get results from hypnotherapy? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I would say, mm. yeah. I'm From your experience? From my experience, mm. yes. Um, you know, all of my clients are doing really well and they're, they're thriving, but I suppose there's a level of openness that you have to be to it. Vulnerable. Yeah. Mm. And, and to be willing for it to work. Um, but yeah, from my experience, yeah, everyone does really. But I guess if people results. are coming to you, they normally are pretty open, right? Yeah. They're normally yeah. like, I want some help. Mm-hmm. I need some help. Yeah. Typically they're, it's like, you know, they're on their last leg. They're yeah. like, help um, me. Nothing mm-hmm. has worked. Yeah. And so what, do you find that normally people come to you after they've seen psychologists after psychologists mm-hmm. after? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Which is, it's, it's fine, but yes. <laughs> I should be first. Thank you. Yes. yes. 
no, I think, you know, that's, you know, that's just, you know, my line of work. It's, it's not known by everyone. I Absolutely. Well, not, like yeah. even before this podcast, um, like I've known you for like over a year, yeah. a couple of years yeah. and like, to be honest, I really didn't have a full grasp on what you did. So oh, yeah. it's not spoken about enough. No, it's not. It's not. And it's, it's just the stigma of it, but which is kind of ironic because there's so much stigma around mental health and that's the area that I work in. So it's like, yeah, it's kind of fitting, I suppose. But Well, well that's it. Like to backtrack about like mental health, mm. we don't like, okay, this is a broad, broad, broad statement, but basically we talk about talking to people, right? Mm-hmm. Like we talk about how, you know, your mental health is important, which 100% it is. Mm-hmm. And we then talk about how, you know, it's it's not weak to speak, mm-hmm. but it's like, well, who, you know, who should I be speaking to? Who? Yeah, who? Because, yeah. like, I find that that's not spoken about enough is that mm-hmm. who do you – okay, well, I want to talk to someone. Mm-hmm. Who do I talk to? They say a friend or someone that they, that you trust, mm-hmm. you know, but if, if you want to go further than that, yeah, normally straight away it's psychologist. And it's so – it's, from my experience, mm. so hard to find the right one. You know, yeah, it's so, so difficult. You know, I, um, a friend of mine, she was saying the other day, cause she's seeing, um, I think it's a counselor, but she's like, I interviewed four before I found this one. I was like, that's so cool. You interviewed them. I love <laughs> gotta that. Get, gotta get a feel. You yeah, do though. Yeah. You do have to, because it's, you know, just because they've got the knowledge and, and whatnot doesn't mean you're going to gel with them. Exactly. You know? So it can be it can be a really really tricky process, and to just you know Google and find that that's so hard. And exactly, you don't get you don't get a face to face with them. You don't get to see no. you know. And it can thank goodness for being in Australia. We have a mental health plan We're where so lucky, so lucky yeah. Yeah. where we don't really have to pay for our mental health sessions. Mm. Does do you find in your practice that the government helps? In any way? No, No, they don't. No, no. And this is something that's so important. Yeah. That should be. Yeah, no. It's because it's, I actually don't know why, because a lot of people think of hypnosis as woo-woo or whatever, but it's it's literally science. It's literally brainwaves. It's, you know, it's it's science. It's backed up by, you know, countless studies. So Mm. I don't understand why, but to be honest, I don't understand a lot of that stuff. No, me either. Yeah, so I don't know. I, I don't really understand don't why the government yeah. does what they do sometimes. So, no. wow. Well, um, have you got any tips for anyone that probably is struggling with mental health? Like where to start? <sighs> there's a lot. Yeah, there's a lot. But I think, you know, there is a there is a solution for you. Mm-hmm. You know, there is a solution. Whether it's, you know, psychiatry, whether mm-hmm. it's, you know, psychologists, hypnotherapist, counsellor, whatever it is. Um, just don't give up on yourself. You know, there is a solution for you. Um, and there are people that really want to help you, you know, like I'm in my line of work. So I just want to help people and nothing is ever too big, too embarrassing. You know, you're, you're, you're no different than anyone else. Um, and so, yeah, just, just reach out, just reach out and just talk you know, to someone, just talk to someone, talk to me. That's yeah. it. Talk to me. Yeah, please. Yeah, please do true. talk to Lil. <laughs> um, another question is what's your favorite subject to specialize in? Mm. What do you like chatting about? In, in, in terms of hypno, what mm-hmm. I like, uh, probably body image. Yeah. Yeah. It's probably my, your um, like biggest passion. Yeah. I think help. so. I think so. It's pro- it's the thing that I have the most experience with and the most, um, 
I suppose, yeah, the most knowledge about, mm. um, yeah, body image, eating disorders, that mm-hmm. stuff. Well, like, having lived it. in experience can really yeah. help, you I know, can really relate in the exactly, yeah, yeah, in I, the worst way, I guess, you know, like yeah. that you had to endure that, yeah. But I suppose I know now, how to navigate people that do have that, mm-hmm. and I know probably the right things to say, mm-hmm. and I, yeah, I'm really proud of how I work with um, people with eating disorders and body image, but. Anything I, I say this, you know, all the time and it sounds broad, but anything that anyone is, you know, willing to work on and wants help with, I'm passionate about it mm-hmm. and I'm gonna help you to the best of my ability. You know, um, like I was saying before, you know, I have O C D and a part of that makes me so damn good at my job. Exactly. <laughs> it makes me so There's good. a positive. Yeah, I will never a... miss a step with you. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm gonna get you good. So, you know, that's a that's a that's it's a comforting as well, knowing yeah. that you know, you are so passionate because again, I was only talking to someone about this before, like, I don't know how we got onto this subject, but we Mm. were speaking about how doctors, like sometimes the older the doctor, the less they care. Mm. Like, because they're just some, sometimes I'm not saying all doctors, but Mm -hmm. sometimes the older the doctor, the less they care because they've, they've done it for fucking 30 years. They've seen everything. They've seen it all. You're just someone else. Yeah. But I love talking, especially people our age yep. who are so passionate. They've found their calling. So exciting. It is so exciting. And then you as a client, oh, you know, I was saying when you go to the doctors, if you've got some old person, then you don't feel special. Like yep. you're just like, I'm just another ticket. Yeah. And yep. whereas, you know, you go to you, you come to me, whatever it is, you you, you feel special. You feel yeah. like someone actually cares for me. Someone really cares. Yeah. And they're, you know, committed to the outcome yep. as well. And mm-hmm. I suppose with, you know, nothing against old people, but <laughs> yeah, I don't know why I'm ratting on. Old no, people. I love, that's fine. Sorry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, they're, they're further away from where we are mm. and where our clients are. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's, it's normal that they're probably not, you know, um, relating to, or as invested in what, you know, people our age are going through. That's normal. Well, especially because I hate when people say it's not as bad as you think or like mm. someone who is older mm. than you mm. is like, oh, sweetie, honey, yeah. you don't have it bad. Yeah. I'm like, don't you dare no. say that. It's all relative. It is yeah. relative. Yeah. No matter how young like, yeah. or old you are, you your issues and your problems are important to mm. you. And that's what stops people from reaching out. People, I bet. You know, people think that people are going to judge them for that. Mm. You know, which is so sad. Because they've probably been judged before when trying to talk about it. Yeah, absolutely. You know? yeah. So that's why it is so, so important to have people that are in your corner and that can have you. And you don't even like – I think it's okay to have people in your corner that are profes- just professionals, mm. you know, that, that might not be your friends and family. Yes. You know, sometimes your yes. family just don't get it. Yep. yep. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And they're so – invested in it you Mm. know they're so in your family and you know your loved ones are so invested in um you know how you're doing they always want to make you feel good but sometimes you need you know just an objective point of view I think you know Mm -hmm. that's so important someone who's invested but not to the extent that your family is yes yeah yeah they want to see you good but they're not their lives aren't dependent on it kind Mm -hmm. of thing yeah Mm -hmm. I think that's important I think that's so important as well um the last question which is funny do you remember what happens during the session we've kind of we've kind of covered it I always get this question yeah always get this question which 
It's probably just from stage performance. But yeah, exactly. You remember everything. Yeah. You're so aware the whole time. It's just like you're relaxed. Like I always describe it as like when you're getting a massage and the masseuse is just like talking to you in the background. Like that's how it's, you know, mm-hmm. that's what's going on. Mm-hmm. So you remember the whole thing. Um, you just, you're just super relaxed. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Lil, thank you so much. This just about wraps up our episode today. Thank you honestly so much. Like what an insight into your world. And I hope for anyone listening, you got some golden nuggets out of that. Cause man, I t- definitely got some things I can take away. Oh, my pleasure. Where can people find you if they want to either book a session or just follow you? Yep. So Instagram, mm-hmm. hypnosis by Lily. You can always just send me a, uh, a message there mm-hmm. uh, or my website, hypnosisbylily.com.au. There's a um, little booking form there that you can fill out. And- Which is amazing because you do not have to be living on the Sunshine Coast where we are. Mm. Zoom. Zoom, just as effective. Yeah. Lil yeah. just said 80% of her clients are on Zoom. Yeah. Which is it's bloody awesome. phenomenal. I never thought it would be that way, but it's, yeah, it's pretty incredible. Oh my gosh. Well, I can't wait to see so much more that goes on in your world. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Bye. <laughs>